Welcome to the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast with Steve Warren and the coach, Greg Kennedy. Right then, today on the show, we're dissecting Dorian. Oh, I got to get the jingle because Greg loves it so much. Pierre Dorian made an appearance on TSN 1200 today, so we break it all down, dissecting what he had to say. The Athletic has the Sens with the fifth best talent pipeline in all of the NHL. That's, uh, let's see, U23 is what we're talking about, by the way. So that's all coming up today here on the Jim K. Ford Sens Nation podcast. Thank you for being with us. We hope you enjoy the show. I'm Steve Warren, along with the coach, Greg Kennedy. What's going on, Greg? Just relaxing here. It's it's uh, it's Friday afternoon. I've been watching a little golf. Lori Kane just uh, just finished up. Uh, kind of kind of missed the cut by a bit. And uh, Brooke was stepping onto the seventeenth tee as I hit pause to step away to chat with you. Very nice. And in the hunt, last I saw, she was close to top ten. Yeah, she's sixth right now. Yeah. Ooh, nice. Uh, she missed missed birdies on. Uh, really had makeable good looks at fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen. So we'll see how she finishes up, but she's at six under. I think the leader's at uh, 11. And look at that. She's already fallen to second place. Her name is Paula Rito. And yeah, she yeah, she's has, down to 11. Yeah. So uh, Na Rin Ann is your leader right now. Minus 12. Holy cow. These are going to be low scores by the time all is said and done. Anyway, we're not here to talk about ladies golf. We're here to talk about the Ottawa Senators and um, Pierre Dorian clearly getting some downtime because he was all over this. It seemed like he got invited to two different rounds in the uh, kind of Monday-Tuesday window with pro-ams and the corporate schmoozing. So he did a little golfing at the Hunt Club and enjoyed that, but uh, back to work today. And obviously, he's got three big things still on his to-do list. Get that top four defenseman, which is way easier said than done, and re-sign Formanton and Brandstrom. And in uh, dissecting Dorian today, as he appeared on TSN 1200 today, he did exchange texts with Brandstrom's agent yesterday, and he's also talked with Alex Formanton's camp. And at this stage of the game, he expects both will be signed before or during training camp. The Formanton thing, I think, remains complicated, Greg, with the Hockey Canada scandal. He's not been accused of anything at this stage, just he was on that team, and that team, some members of it, were involved in this scandal. Um, so it's uh, it kind of complicates things, obviously. Um, what do you think of uh, where things stand with both Brandstrom and Formanton at this stage? Well, I think with the, if there was no outside uh, interference, I don't know what word we want to use, if there wasn't this scandal going on, I don't know that we'd be all that concerned about Formanton. It, it, it will get done and, and, and he would play. So depending on the outcome of that, I'm sure he's going to get a contract. Um, it, it may, in this case, end up being less money than we all thought it was going to be simply because of that scandal out there. So if if, if on Formanton's agent, well, I, I, again, it depends. Is he guilty of something? Is he innocent? Uh, you know, that would affect it. And if you know, if you're the agent and you know what the situation really is, all the facts involved, then uh, then that would play into how you're going to negotiate here, I, I would think. <laughs> Aren't you thinking the same sort of thing? Like like if he if there's potential that he's in trouble and could be facing a suspension and the agent knows that, then maybe he's willing to take a little bit less money just to make sure that the, the bird in hand kind of theory. As for right. Brandstrom, I, I assume he's going to get signed, uh, uh, and I think he'll end up being less than we all think as well. Yeah, I think you're in a situation with Formanton where the agent is just trying to get the best deal regardless because 
if it's found, and I hate talking in these terms because nobody's even yeah. accused Formington of anything, but if, if something happens, um, we just saw Evander Kane last season have his contract made null and void because I think he skipped out on the COVID rules. And uh, so the Sharks were able to walk away from that. Um, so I got to think that if there was involvement in this case, the Sens would be able to make null and void the contract almost immediately because this seems like a, fu- well, it is. It's a way worse sin. But uh, again, I hate going down this road. To me, you're, you're, you're innocent until proven guilty, even when you're charged, especially in this case where you know, no one, not the woman, not the police, not Hockey Canada has accused anyone of anything. But if you're the Sens and you're Pierre Dorian, you can't just sit back because that's been the take all summer, right? And we've had it too, that they're just waiting to see what happens here and they're taking their time. Well, you can't wait for this magical announcement that the case is over. No one's being accused of anything because that's not happening before the season starts, if it ever happens at all. Yeah, it's specifics. We're waiting for specifics. For now, it's all innuendo, supposition, guesses, uh, you know, educated or not guesses. And we just don't know. And I mean, that's sort of the reason that we really haven't talked about it. You know, we, 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 there's nothing much more that we can add. We can't discuss things like that because we, we know less than many, many people who are involved. And even a lot of people who are involved don't exactly know everything. So it's just at this stage, I'm, I'm just looking at it from as, as far as negotiating contract goes, it has to be hanging over things is, is, is all I'm, is the only point I'm really trying to make here. And that if, if the agent or if Pierre knows more than, than the other, that will factor into the negotiations. My old cronies at TSN 1200 did ask about the hockey investigation or hockey Canada investigation and any backup plans that might be in place. And Dorian said, the organization is taking the case very seriously, but because of the league's investigation, Dorian's going to quote, defer answering for now. So that's the uh, the company line at this yeah. stage of the game. And I think they're playing it properly. I just think they're going to have to go ahead. And if I'm Pierre Dorian, I'm probably going to say, okay, something short term and mm-hmm. we'll figure things out next summer. One year contract and uh, you've got a, you've got an easy out should some news break uh, if, uh, if it's needed. So that's the latest on exactly. extending the RFAs at this point. But there's also guys that could also be signed. We now have guys like Tim Stutzla and Artem Zub who are eligible for an extension because they're now about to enter the final year of their contracts. And at this stage, Pierre Dorian has had discussions with both the Zub and Stutzla groups. Do you think either of those guys get signed sometime this season? Yeah, I think they both do, uh, mainly because we haven't heard that usual thing that we hear at some point and we're getting we're running out of time. So usually it's like with a week to go before training camp, somebody will step up and say, yep, we're not going to negotiate during the season. And we haven't heard that. We haven't even heard an inkling of that being a possibility. So I'm, I'm thinking, yes, I, I wouldn't surprise me if, if one or both are even done before training camp. And if not, then then hopefully before Christmas. We don't need this dragging on. We don't need a like Mark Stone went through it twice. We just we just don't need that kind of crap. The team doesn't need that kind of crap. Let's get it done. It's, I'm sure that all parties want the player to be here. The players want to be here. Everyone wants to wants to be part of this. So it's just a matter of hammering out a number and an agreement, getting it done. Tim Stutz led 30 points in the last 30 games. 
and really took flight in the second half of the season. So if that's the new normal, wouldn't you, if you're a Stutzla's agent, sit back and say, we're going to let this season play out because we believe at the end of the coming campaign, our boy is going to be worth a hell of a lot more money than he is if we sign on the dotted line right now here in September, August of 2022. Well, that's the thing with, with the with contracts and with sports and with injuries and with up and downs and slumps. And that's the kind of, that factors into your decision-making as a player, as an agent, it's take the money now, or it's wait a little longer, or it's bet on myself or, you know, however you want to word it. There's, there's all kinds of scenarios and possibilities of how you can approach this. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking if I'm the agent, it's probably I'm looking for a bridge deal. I'm looking for something short term with at, at very good money with the hopes of something bigger, better, long-term later. Um, but then again, you bring up the idea of, I'm not going to sign anything. I'm going to wait and see. I just, I don't see that. I, again, that's not something like, I know that somehow the, the Ottawa senators managed to have the, uh, the get smart, uh, cone of silence over their negotiations and we never hear anything, but you got to think that we would have heard something along the lines of either we're going to wait till the season's over or we're going to wait or we want short term or we want long term we would have heard something by now and we haven't heard much of anything uh it just leads me to believe that yeah they're 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 negotiating and they want to get something done always it's just speculation of course but i think i'm inclined i'm inclined to go with he doesn't sign until next summer because we just saw we just saw it with brady kachuk we just saw it with josh norris this summer he could have signed last summer after whatever the free agency deadline was last year. I don't know what the date is. July 1st was so easy in the past, but COVID has <laughs> mucked that up. Hopefully, I think we're back to July 1st next yeah, year. Yeah, we are. So given that Norris and Kachuk waited until the last second, and given how much clearly Tim Stutzla loves Brady Kachuk, I think that uh, there will be a mentorship there to some degree, even though Brady himself is only 22. It feels like he's the leader, obviously, and... uh I think that Stutzla and his agent will want to go another year would be my guess, but that's all it is. And uh, But it sure would be good. I mean, <laughs> he is going to make a lot more money this time next year if, if he decides. that. I mean, he's projecting. You never know. He get, might get hurt or things go sideways. And um, But we'll see. I, I, with the new line mates that Stutzla has and Debrinket and Claude Giroux, at least that's what's speculated, I think he's a point-of-game guy plus uh, this coming sure. season. So I think it – it very much behooves him. If anybody was ever going to play out the final year of their entry-level contract, um, it's going to be Tim Stutzla, in my opinion. Anyway, other stuff. Yeah. As we continue along with dissecting Dorian, he was asked about the uh, potential for a top 4D that's still out there. And Dorian said, yeah, we'll look at doing that. He thinks the roster has already improved a ton. He's right. And he says he feels comfortable going into the camp with the team as is. But if they can add that top 4D, they'll look to do it. And he had an interesting kind of funny line. He said, at this stage, though, when it comes to top 4D, other NHL teams see Dorian coming from a mile away. And Because, <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's been dominating the headlines really since uh, all that great stuff went down in July for this team. Yeah, it makes it difficult to acquire something at a good price when everybody knows that you want one or everyone knows that you need one. I was going to say desperately need one, but we're not at that stage. But yeah, this team needs a top four forward. 
Every team in the league, or sorry, top 4D. Every team in the league knows that. Every team in the league that has a top 4D that they might be willing to move definitely knows that. It's supply and demand. It's old uh, economics class from high school, Steve. It's pretty uh, pretty easy to figure out that the price uh, probably isn't exactly what Pierre is willing to pay at this time uh, for the better ones. And he's probably being offered a lot of lesser quality guys who could be top fours. And the price there is probably still too high. So, you know, in, in one sense, I'm, I'm okay with them taking their time uh, finding the right fit and the right price and the right everything. But on the other hand, uh, let's get it done. Like, figure it out and get it done because I'm sorry, you're, you're, you're not good enough without that top 4D. Yeah, I, I agree. But I think they're not good enough to be considered Stanley Cup contenders without the top 4D. I think that as is, I think they are good enough to compete for a playoff spot. If you could add a top 4D, a true top 4D, and Jake Sanderson is as good as he's supposed to be, um, now I think you are putting yourself in the in the upper third of the NHL. And to me, once you emerge in the top third of the NHL, and I know that's probably a chuckle for some people, but again, that's if you get the top 4D, if Jake Sanderson is all that, then I think you are in the top third. And if you are, then you got a shot. You, I think that with even as is, though, I, I still think that if they don't do anything, They've they've done a ton all the same if they don't get a top 4D. They brought in Jake Sanderson. They have Shane Pinto, who's healthy and ready to roll. Um, they are all a year older. They are all not going to have to deal with COVID. Like They played a lot of games last season through COVID when half the team was dealing with it. You know They could barely ice a team some games, whereas a month after that, you had some teams that were being given postponements by the NHL. So they got screwed in that area. So that's behind them too. For a lot of reasons, this team, as is, without making the top four D uh, pickup, can still compete for a playoff spot, in my opinion. Well, it remains to be seen, right? I, I just keep yep. looking at it as 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 a championship team someday. Like, uh, let's not don't even think about this year. Two, three years from now, who is it? Like, they don't have that guy. They mm-hmm. do not have him in their current stable of draft picks. He's not currently playing in the minors. Uh, you know, he's not uh, languishing in Belleville developing. The, I don't see anybody in the organization being what what they need long-term. So I think right. that might factor into the decision-making as well. Also, he was asked about Sen's prospects at the World Junior Hockey Championship. He said he thought they had great showings. Every trade discussion Pierre has had since the trade deadline He's been asked about Jake Sanderson, Shane Pinto, Ridley Gregg in bigger type deals, even Clevin and Yarventi. And uh, so he's constantly dealing with the prospect thing. And uh, on the topic of Ridley Gregg, because he intrigued everybody at the World Juniors, all of a sudden everybody goes from nice prospect to that guy might be able to play this fall. He's not going to have surgery. He had that shoulder injury at the World Juniors. It's going to take four to five weeks to recover and apparently, Greg, and this is gives you a sense of how big a gamer this kid is, he wanted to get in there for the gold medal game with a separated shoulder. I don't, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> it's been done before. Lots of guys, you, you, you basically, you, you wrap that sucker up so it can barely move and you go out there and try to play. That, that doesn't surprise me at all, just based on the way that he plays the game, the way, what we've seen of him so far, that he is that type of guy. But this is a team that can uh, 
they can actually afford to take their time. They're in no rush to get the kid back. Uh, when he's ready to go, he'll go. And if, if he if he's able to skate in camp, great. If he's not, okay, fine. As we said, this kind of it kind of makes the decision easier for you for him for Ridley Gregg to start the year in Belleville. Like uh, you need, he's he's going to start the year in Belleville now, pretty much no matter what. I would think when he's back and ready to go, it's instead of calling it a conditioning stint later, or instead of having to appease people and make them feel better and, oh, gee, sorry, you're going to start the year, you know, you've been cut. It's much easier to say, look, this is what's best for you. Go down there and play. And that's probably where he'll be come October. Yeah, use the shoulder as an, as an excuse. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, go down there, take some contact and see how that goes. But uh, Dorian doesn't think it's serious, says he'll be able to take contact and play in a few weeks' time. Good. What about spots that are up for grabs? Right wow. now, the top six forwards, shocker are set. Dorian doesn't want to get involved in coaching decisions. Parker Kelly has a spot. It's his to lose. Gambrell and Watson also in there. Doesn't mean it's automatic. The coaching staff evaluates as, as things go on. But uh, DJ Smith says he wants the team set by the time they go out east for these uh, craft hockeyville games or whatever it is. Um, so that's a factor. And as far as the blue line goes, it was interesting. He didn't bring up Zaitsev's name at all. He said, Shabbat will stay put. Then you've got Hamannick, Zub, Holden, and everyone else will be battling for their spots. I, I think the top four, uh, barring an acquisition, is as both of us have said, it's it's Shabbat and Hamannick, it's Zub and uh, and Sanderson, and then, then I think it's a free-for-all with the two kids included in the conversation as well amongst uh, Holden and Brandstrom and... And Zaitsev, who knows? We'll, we'll wait and see what kind of camps these guys have and what kind of shape they're in. And and the other thing that factors into this is is how do those top four, whatever ends up being the top four, how good are they? How good do they look and how much can you lean on them? Like if you've got a situation where your five, six are only going to be eight to 10 minutes a night, then that factors into the decision as to who makes the spots too, as to who gets those spots. You know, do you, do you want it to be one of the young kids? Do you want it to be a, a, a JBD or a or Lassie Thompson only playing eight to 11 minutes a night? Maybe not. Maybe you want them to get a little more ice time. So they go to Belleville anyway. So that everything kind of, there's lots of different things that factor into decision-making when it comes to building the team or, or the actual team, not, not the, not the team that Pierre builds, but the team that DJ is going to be building. But the U23 crowd looks very good for the Ottawa Senators. The Athletic had an article out this week that ranks the Sens fifth as uh, as far as their uh, prospect pipeline goes. We'll talk about that coming up after these words. At JimKFord.com, we'd like to invite you to check out the all-electric Ford Mustang Mach-E. Yeah, goodbye gas. Hello, freedom. The Mustang Mach-E gives you zero to 60 thrills. Expansive range and zero tailpipe emissions. Transports are arriving daily at Jim K. Ford with more inventory all the time. Order your next vehicle exactly the way you want it at jimkford.com. They're at 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans. So, as mentioned, the Sens, Greg, ranked number five in the NHL pipeline rankings for 2022. This is the U23 crowd, so only those 22 and under are eligible. And man, what a... What a top five the Sens have in that regard, including their captain, who's still only 22 years of age. So your top five, uh, pretty much as good as it gets. You got Brady Kachuk, number one, Tim Stutzla, number two, Jake Sanderson, three, Shane Pinto, four, and Ridley Gregg, number five. 
takes a bit of a drop off after that, but that's pretty damn good for your top five, isn't it? It is. And the thing that surprised me was that that he, he has, it's, it's Corey Pronman, by the way, we, I'm sure we've mentioned that. It, it surprised me that he has Brady Kachuk rated ahead of Tim Stutzla. Like he has Kachuk projected to be a, a bubble between an elite NHL player and an NHL all-star. So elite NHL player is the highest uh, pro, pro, projection. Uh, mm-hmm. So elite player and all-star, he's between those two. Um, Stutzla is rated as an all-star, not rated anywhere near elite. And Sanderson is the next tier down. He's considered to be what's called a top of the lineup player. So I found that interesting. I don't I don't know that I would be projecting Brady Kachuk to be ahead of Tim Stutzel long term. I'm not seeing it that way. What about you? I don't think I would stats wise have Kachuk as the better long term scorer, but in terms of the overall package and how he's not going to fade at all at playoff time, whatever kind of scorer he blossoms into in the regular season, when he hits his prime, he's going to be that same guy in the postseason. Um, and there's so many intangibles with that guy, but I'm not, I'm not going to say no, because I mean, Kachuk gets a bad rap. Like oh, he doesn't really score that much. He doesn't strike me as a guy. He had 30 goals last season. He had mm-hmm. 67 points. He's not far off. He doesn't have to spike that hard to be a pointy game player in this league. 67 points in 79 games last year to go with his 117 min- minutes in penalties. I'd like to see him out of the box a little more and he'll get a little closer to that 82 point mark. But, um, I, I just I think there's more there than we think because if you track his career compared to Matthew Kachuk's, Matthew was kind of just okay in the few first few years, and then suddenly by I guess it was this past year year five or six, he suddenly spikes to well over a hundred points. So ask me right now, I say Stutzla is the better long term scorer, but uh, it would not surprise me if Kachuk is way more than people think offensively. Yeah, I, I I can hear you. I hear what you're saying. I I, I wonder how it's going to all play out when he's got uh, better line mates to play with, which seems mm-hmm. almost impossible. Maybe better line mates isn't the right phrase, but a, a better, more stacked up top six. Are other people going to start scoring those goals? Like, is somebody else going to get the get five or six that he would normally get in, in a regular season? Is he going to settle in more as a 25 goal scorer? because you've got a Debrinket scoring in the 40s, because maybe you've got a Norris scoring in the 40s, right? Or even Stutzla. So maybe he gets a little less in that in that sense. I uh, just, I don't know. I just, I, I, I see Stutzla being the better player long-term. If anybody, if I'm going to attach the word elite to player to anyone, it's going to be Stutzla before I'm going to go with Kachuk. What does your first line power play look like? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we all because that's what that's what's going to answer that question. You'll I, I, yeah. you will definitely have a point if Brady Kachuk doesn't stay on that number one power play unit. And I would have said this time last year that's an absurd notion. But with the six they have being so elite, there's certainly a possibility, uh, depending on how things go, that they'll experiment at least with Brady Kachuk not being on the number one unit. He'll always be at least in the top two, but. I mean, what are you doing with your number one unit? Well, I I think it comes down to a system choice. If you're going to go with a with a single net front presence on your power play, and uh, like if you're going to play a, a a two three, like if or or a a one two two or sorry a one one three or whatever, if you're going to play something where there's only one guy net front, then mm-hmm. I think it will Brady's your first choice all the time. If you're going to something with two guys down low. 
then you you shift things around. If you're going to go to something with a with a spread out power play, then you change to something else too. But as long as you need a net front presence on your power play, and let's face it, you probably do no matter what system you go with. Brady's that guy. Whether or not that means he's scoring goals, it's he's not exactly going to be getting one timers and pretty goals. He's getting the standard goals that he gets now: rebounds, tips, deflections, screenshots that bank off his his shin pad or something. So he, I, I still think he plays in your number one power play, no matter who else is out there. I think that that's your starting point. Yep, Brady's the net front guy, and then it's a matter of figuring out and fleshing out where everybody else goes. The other reason that. Kachuk might have a big spike this year is that he's probably going to have generally the same line mates, but they're going to be healthy. Like we look at Batherson, he's a guy that lost uh, almost 40 games to injury and Josh Norris, he lost 16 games to injury. So those guys being in the lineup more frequently, not to mention that suddenly that second line or maybe, maybe, maybe the first line, they're going to take a lot of the heat off of that top line. You've got two lines to cover that are equally offensively good. That's going to be hell for opposing defenses, and it's going to open things up for Kachuk and whoever he's playing with. Exactly. That's 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 the key here. That depth up front makes teams' approach to you different. How do we approach defending against this team when they've got two lines that can hurt us? That's where you're going to see, and and it will flip and flop. Like I, I can see it being with a, a streak of a couple of weeks where the one line scoring at will, and then it switches to the other line. It goes back and forth kind of thing where guys, it looks like they're getting hot and cold. But if you look at it closely and look at the matchups, you, you really understand that it's got nothing to do with a guy getting hot and cold. It's, it's the, the opposition that guys are playing against that are affecting their stats. Moving on down the list, do you have any issue with the ranking of the three, four, five guys for the Sens in in the order that has been chosen? Sanderson, then Pinto, then Ridley Gregg. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that numbers mean so much. To me, it was more about the ranking. It was, sorry, the the tier and the tier for Sanderson. I I, I think it was is it top of the lineup player? I think is what the next heading's called. Shane Pinto is more of a middle of the lineup. He was he was rated between top or middle of the lineup. And Ridley Gregg is projected to be a middle-of-the-lineup guy, which is what we said. He's probably a middle six forward, right? Second-line, third-line guy. The ones that bothered me, though, was the goaltending. Which I don't bothered me is a strong word. Uh, it's a concern. It's a concern that neither goalie uh, is considered to be, uh, you know, a lock, sure thing for the National Hockey League someday. Like Mad Sogard is is. I think the phrase is projected to play NHL games. Right. He's 10th. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's not good. Like if you go down to the bottom of the list, sorry, I know you asked me about three, four, five. <laughs> now I'm jumping to the bottom of the list, but all the number of guys who are quote unquote projected to play NHL games, that's, that's not good. You know, I, I want something stronger, a stronger assessment of somebody than that, or, or I want to see a better outcome for some of those guys that, that is concerning to me. Yeah. Yeah, in the has a chance to play category, um, you've got guys in there like Levi Marilainen, who I thought had taken a step forward at the World Juniors, but obviously uh, the Athletic didn't think so in Pronman. But uh, you've also got a guy in there that I fully disagree with, I think is going to play, whether it's for the Ottawa Senators, given how stacked they are up front, or somebody else, I think Angus Crookshank. For every reason you like Ridley Gregg, Crookshank yeah. is that same kind of motor pain in the ass and he's he's a good hockey player i think that guy is definitely going to play in the nhl might not be for the sens 
But uh, he was supposed to make some noise last fall, but got injured, missed the entire season with a major knee injury. He should be back this fall, and he could be, if you're looking for dark horses, don't forget the name Angus Cruikshank. For sure. We talked about him at the start of last season, too, and both of us were looking forward to seeing what he could do and, and, and a full year in Belleville with getting cups of coffee with the Senators, and then it just it just didn't happen for him. Uh, but I agree with you. There's some opportunity there for a kid. He's, he's only, he's like, he's less than six feet. Was he like about five, nine or something? Um, he's a kid with a lot of, a lot of, uh, what's the word here? What, what word should we go for? Intelligence. Intelligence okay. combined with chutzpah. That's a good word. Yeah. But he's, but he's, he's a smart hockey player and probably because he's five ten, let's say, therefore you've got to be a little smarter than others. And he gets around the ice well. He's put up put up some decent stats in in his final uh, two seasons at NCAA at uh, New Hampshire, I believe. He's a guy with some potential. Yep, I agree with you on that assessment, Steve. In my brief scouting career, <laughs> right. And then uh, rounding out, so the, basically the last two that are listed of players projected to play NHL games. So basically, the worst of that group were. <laughs> Your first rounder from 2021 and your first rounder from 2018 in Tyler Boucher and Jacob Bernard Docker. So they've got some ground to make up. I don't think anybody, you know, was that fired up about Boucher, but it's it's been interesting to watch the stock of Jacob Bernard Docker, which has slowly but surely fallen and fallen and fallen. This is a guy who went to North Dakota, highly touted there. Played for our world junior team, had a great tournament, but just not has not been able to, you know, crack the lineup here as he's about to go into his fifth NHL training camp. Yeah, and my read on on Bernard Docker and on Lassie Thompson, I, I, I pretty much for for about a good six eight months now, my read on them is that they're they're a, they're a five six guy. I think they're going to end up playing five six. That's not to say that they couldn't play, um, you know, on the on the right side with one of the skilled guys on their left and play in the top four, but I think both of them are more or less probably going to end up being a 5-6 guy. Um, would it be nice to have them as your 5-6, like moving forward? If you brought in a, if we complete the big deal and get that top four guy we're looking for two years from now, would you be fine with Lassie Thompson and JBD being in your bottom pair? Yeah, I think that's okay. That would be just fine with me. All right, well, that'll do it for this week's show. It's amazing. A couple of things, you know, a a quick interview by Pierre Dorian and an athletic poll. And uh, we have uh, we have a show. So that was lots of fun. We hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget, our website is SendsNationHockey.com. If you want to drop us a note, please feel free to do so. Our email address is SendsNationHockey at Outlook.com. We love your feedback. We also love hearing from you in terms of topics. If you've got some subject matter about the Ottawa Senators you'd like to hear Greg and I talk about, then hit us up. Again, email sendsnationhockey at outlook.com. Enjoy your weekend, ladies and gentlemen. We're back on Monday with a brand new episode. Greg, we'll talk to you soon. For sure. Thanks, Steve. Have a good one. Thanks for being with us on the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and review. Share the show with your friends and followers or become a member on Patreon. Check out our website today at SendsNationHockey.com.